lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, filling out mock drafts leading up to the actual draft in April, filling out March Madness brackets that are going to be dumpster fires within the first weekend of the tournament here. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a wash party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, super producer Brandon Newman, Isaiah, also directing traffic, my father, Mike Golick Sr. Dad, we're back. How you doing? Uh, Wow, this is wild. We actually have to do work. What's going on, man? I I was kind of leisurely enjoying my my life at 60 years old, getting up when I wanted. Now, all of a sudden, you're forcing me back to work. What the hell's going on? I mean, in my defense, I have also been forced back to work this week because the uh, vacation policy dictated as much here. So I'm figuring out how to do this, too. I had gotten really used to waking up every day, playing just impossible amounts of God of War and catching up on all the TV that I generally tend to ignore during football season. Uh, shout out to the Bear Season 2. Excellent stuff. The Righteous Gemstones. It's been a fun time. So apparently we got to work for them to keep paying us this money. Yeah, you're right. I caught up on all those shows as well. Got a few other ones I'm watching, but we're running out of time. We know how this is, this this life in the media, which, by the way, is a great life. Listen, there's no complaints at all. But we are just a couple of weeks away from being fully enveloped in the football season, college and the NFL, when basically life is over until after the Super Bowl in February. So it's always like... This is the time of year that you're trying to get your body at its best. And I know that's something you're trying to do as you get ready to travel every single week, do shows every single day, be on the road every single week. When you say to yourself, man, when I go on the road, I'm going to work out, I'm going to eat well. And then by week three, 
you have just just descended into a pit of despair by not waking up and eating all the crap that you said said you weren't going to eat. Yeah, it's uh it, it's a stark reality during the season that <laughs> I am going to gain 10 pounds. And so my thing is always I got to lose the 10 pounds. The problem is being on vacation this last week, dad, I did the thing we always did when you've got a cutoff in mind of my diet starts blank. I kept telling myself, "All right, when I come back to work, that's when I'm going to lock everything meant, which meant that this last week, my body was like a carnival cruise line. It meant I yeah. was basically waking up and going and eating and doing whatever I felt like the entire time. Starting from back in Tahoe, I don't know if I've had more beers in a week since college. Like straight up beers. I didn't know my body still did that anymore, and here we are. And so we're not in the best spot right now. But like you said, sense of urgency because we're looking around right now. We got a great show for you. Download, subscribe, rate, review five-star rating DraftKings YouTube channel training camps are getting started we got a bunch of storylines popping up there the running backs are all having zoom meetings Chris Jones is nowhere to be found in Kansas City but dad they've had to get their bodies right because report date is today report dates a little ways off for us but uh, my body is very much not in football season shape right now no this is so different than when we played and and we we, you know, worked out all off season. So we knew that's how it always is. It's the circle every year where the beginning of any camp, whether it's college or pros, you're at peak physical condition and then practice one in pads, you start to break down and then it's a continuous breakdown until the end of the season. And then you try and build that circle back up to that peak again, but you never quite reach that peak. And it's always just a little less, a little less and a little less. But when you start as late as we are because we did have Tahoe thrown in there this time around, which was a phenomenal time, a phenomenal four or five days, but so much bad food and beer, you're right, that just kind of set the pace back for us that we're trying to catch up to right now. This is like my my last training camp that I ever did in the NFL was with the New Orleans Saints, and it was after living in New Orleans for like five months. And at that point, like my back was gone. I was a little heavier than I wanted to be. And part of the culprit of that was my exposure to all that New Orleans food. And all of a sudden, you get to that conditioning test, and you're like, okay, this, this slap's a little bit different when you've been uh, living down here like this. I can all of a sudden empathize a little bit more with our friend Zion Williamson. Yeah, that that is very true. You, you know, you got to find your line. That's what every player does. They find their line for what what their balance is to prepare when you start in the off season. Again, that's when all the work's done. Everybody sees the finished product on Saturday or on Sunday, but in the off season is when all the work needs to be done, and you need to get to camp at your peak physical condition. And like you said, tons of great storylines. I'll even add one. You mentioned you arguably the the best defensive tackle right there with with Aaron Donald. Uh, is holding out, and we're going to wait and see if the best guard in football in Zach Martin, old teammate of yours, is holding out. Two monster players for two teams that are really having high – obviously the Chiefs have high expectations to defend their title, and the Dallas Cowboys trying to revert back to the Mike McCarthy, you know, we're going to run a little bit more. Good luck if Zach Martin's not in your huddle to try and run the ball as well as you you have – without your two-headed running back system in a Tony Pollard and a Zeke Elliott. No Zeke right now and Pollard coming off an injury. Good luck to you. 
Let me tell you what. I'm so proud of Zach for that because didn't see you that know coming. how disrespectful the offer or I should say your current contract situation. And I think they said Zach is now like $7 million annually behind the top paid guards. I know Chris Lindstrom from the Falcons just got paid up and is one of those guys. But Zach coming off yet another all-pro season, yet another season where they still have that stat where he's got more uh, all pros than holding penalties in his career, all those different things. And Zach is out here on Twitter changing the avatar to his 99 overall Madden slide that came out the other day as he was announced as one of the 99 players. For Zach Martin, who again, I cannot stress enough, my former teammate at Notre Dame, our starting left tackle there, one of our captains, is the most laid back non-look-at-me yeah. guy I have ever been around who also happens to be a superstar player. He's the best player I've ever played with or against, and he's also the most normal guy you've ever been around. And all Zach has done since he's come to Dallas is produce at an incredibly high level and restructure contracts so that the team could make cap space for other guys to come around. And for him to, this late in the game, put the foot down and say, hey, uh, I might not be showing up if you guys don't get right, let you know it's the you. Dallas, you're the problem. Zach is not the problem here. You're the problem, so you better get it figured out and me not mess up a good thing here the way you've done consistently throughout your recent history. Yeah, listen, he's taking one more shot, right? Because he's not going to play that much longer. He's not a guy that I picture playing 18 to 20 years as an offensive lineman. He's a guy that probably still has his first dollar. It's just what color plaid shirt he's going to wear with his khakis the next day or what polo he's going to wear. That's what he does. He's the nicest guy in the world who, amazingly enough, in his college years was kind of passed over on all American teams and everybody's saying, well, what the hell is going on? Jerry Jones, for those who want a history lesson, you know, they Jerry Jones wanted Johnny Manziel in that spot in the first round and luckily was talked out of it to the Hall of Famer and Zach Martin. And, he, and he's, what, he's 32? He's taking one more shot at it. I don't blame him. Chris Jones is Chris Jones is younger. Chris Jones is going to get paid not Aaron Donald money, but a little bit below that. But I don't blame – listen, Zach's making great money. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to take one more shot at the prize before your career's over, man, have at it. No, I completely agree. I also just love, as deeply on brand as this show has been, we have been away for a week. There is so much news going on in the world of sports. We have had one of the more vigorous running back debates of all time turn into the running backs actually getting involved in this and doing something. And we have started off the show going with former Notre Dame offensive lineman yeah. turned future Hall of Fame NFL guard Zach Martin's even hint at a holdout because, damn it, man, the brand is strong. So uh, needless to say, we support Zach and his endeavors as we support all players in their endeavors and are looking yes. forward to Dallas doing the right thing and getting this man paid up before the season gets started here. Dad, maybe they can borrow some of that Barbie money from this weekend. Good Lord. I know we've got a bunch of stuff to get to, but the Barbenheimer weekend that was set a bunch of box office records. Barbie and the Oppenheimer movie, both coming out on the same weekend, had turned into this viral marketing campaign that was sort of not due to any of the studios, but due to fans being enamored with the fact that two completely opposite movies would release in the same weekend. Dad, you and I both went on the Barbie side of this to start this weekend. I haven't allotted three hours of my time yet for one yeah. of what sounds like the most <laughs> devastatingly serious Christopher Nolan movies there is. But Dad, how did you like Barbie. I'm very curious. This is a movie tailor-made for me, but I wasn't sure what your experience was. 
Wow. Listen, I mean, Barbie was huge when your mother and I were growing up. I mean, so I, I and listen, Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie, they, they did a great job with it. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I was I guess I was shouldn't be stunned that I was stunned at the reaction on Twitter of people that want to dive into this thing of there's a world map in there and somebody actually freeze framed it and put it on like a political show and started breaking down what they thought was wrong with it. I mean, it blows my mind where people go with this stuff instead of just sitting at a nonsensical movie for two hours and laughing a little bit. I laughed at the fact when the suits went to Barbie land and the one guy got hit in the shoulder with a suction cup arrow. The next time you saw him, he had a sling on. I mean, that that's the little stupid humor that I liked. I liked the movie. I thought Ryan Gosling was hilarious in it and fantastic in it. And some of his gear is going to be all over the place. But it just it, it kind of disheartens me with the reaction on Twitter of people just destroying it for whatever political reason that they want to. It's like, my God, can nobody just sit in a movie for two hours or an Oppenheimer case, three hours? Now, that's a little more serious of a movie and more of a true movie than well, a friggin' doll coming to life, you know, <laughs> in Barbie. So I enjoyed it. I laughed my ass off. I didn't go any any deeper. I was an inch deep and a mile wide. I wasn't trying to dive into the themes of this or that. I just enjoyed it, and I laughed. God forbid we just do that for a couple hours. I encourage you to not do uh, to not judge anything too much off the reaction of weird radical groups online, and just enjoy it and uh, realize 100% going into this movie. By the way, this is a movie for grown folks. You might think Barbies yes. are for kids. You might take your kids to this movies. I promise you, anyone under the age of 30 is going to understand maybe 10% of this movie. The rest of it, strap in, folks. You're in for some existential dread with our friend Barbie. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Uh, Dad, less people think we're weird for making too big of a deal out of the Barbie Oppenheimer opening weekend thing. I saw this courtesy of Jonathan NMB on Twitter, uh, which I think is now called X. That's a whole other weird subplot. We leave for a yeah. week and all this dumb right. stuff happens. Jeez. I'm not calling it X. Not even if no. there's a fire. This is Twitter. Dad, uh, we said the other day, if you're Catholic, it's like when they did that second Vatican II council and decided to change yeah. up all the jargon and mass and with your spirit and under my roof and all that stuff. Father, you can say whatever you need to on stage to get through this mass with everybody. I'm going to be over here and also with you. That ain't going to change anytime soon, and neither is this X garbage. But um, on uh, Twitter... The Barbie movie in the opening weekend made $155 million. You combine that with Oppenheimer's $80.5 million opening weekend, and it's the first time in box office history that two movies opened over $80 million each. It's also the first time in uh, this decade, it's the second time that one of those openers was co-written by Noah Baumbach, but it's the fourth, only the fourth time two movies have even opened at over $50 million each. So... 
They made some serious coin this weekend. I saw the map of the United States that indicates each state's proclivity for one or the other. And shout out to the SEC, man. Big time Barbie country. I had no idea, but it just means more down there, <laughs> these dolls. I, I that one that one somewhat surprised me. And boy, you know who got hammered was was Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. What are we on? Seven now? Again, uh, I've seen the other one, so I'm going to have to watch it. But I think I'm looking at Mission Impossible opening weekend was $56 million. I am sure Tom Cruise, you know the way he is about his movies, expected way more than that. And they got slammed by Oppenheimer and, and certainly, you know, kind of three times as much by Barbie. The second weekend... After, which was this weekend, which Barbie and Oppenheimer did so well, I think Mission Impossible made about $19 million. They got absolutely Ooh. hosed at the box office uh, by Barbenheimer. So, and, and like you, I, I still have not seen Oppenheimer. It's three hours, so you got to make sure you're ready to dedicate that three hours to it. Um, I haven't heard too, too many people say it could have been less, but it probably could have been less than three hours. But I, I do want to see it, and it certainly is going to take on a little bit more of a different tone than Barbie. That's why I love the fact how they were doing double features when people were seeing one then the other back-to-back over the weekend. Yeah, I didn't see as many people dressing up for Oppenheimer. I don't think black no. and white tangent World War II era was necessarily going to sing as true as all of the pink I saw at movie theaters. Theaters were packed. It was a communal watching experience, the likes of which I wasn't sure we were going to do anymore post-pandemic. Yep. Like I do think for a movie industry that right now is going to be experiencing some turbulence and shout out to both SAG and the writers guilds that are on strike at the moment. We're obviously supporting you in that too, but I didn't think that we were going to be doing communal experiences like this. I feel like provided they pay those people and give them the deals they deserve, this could be a big time thing for the movie industry. So it was pretty cool to see all that over the weekend. I'm excited to check out Oppenheimer because it sounds like there's a weird amount of sex in a movie about dropping an atom yeah. bomb. So yeah. <laughs> I, I had no I re, I had no idea that nuclear fission was sexy, but uh, apparently I don't know much about what's sexy. Yeah. Different kind of bomb drop in that movie, I guess. I don't know. I heard the same Jesus. thing, like a fifteen, like a fifteen minute sex scene. I mean, seriously. I mean, listen. In all honesty, who are we kidding? A couple minutes and a ham sandwich. We're pretty much, you know, it's all all said and done, right? I mean, who are we kidding here? Yeah, I can say, unless you're Stephen A. Smith the other day, who I saw taking some dude to task on that, but uh, that man's been professionally horny for a long time right now, so I'm not <laughs> going to say that that man's out here lying. Um, God, let me, all right, hard stop there. Speaking yeah. <laughs> of things that we enjoyed watching over the weekend, man, let me tell you what. Dad, I, I, I think I realized over this weekend that I believe – international soccer so u.s you know men's or women's national team in the olympics or in the world cup might be talking about communal experiences the best bar watching communal sports experience that we can buy because i was getting ready to go out so i watched this uh weekend we had the u.s women's national team pay their first game in group play of the world cup they beat vietnam three nothing and they were up two nil i was getting ready to go out for dinner so i thought all right I'll hit the Uber ride here and I'll get and I'll watch the back end once I get to dinner. And I pulled up to my location right as the third goal got scored and listening to the sound of multiple bars on the street explode with noise and erupt with joy when that happened 
reminded me that just because of the structure of soccer, how infrequent offense can be and how much tension gets built, the fact that this is wrapped with all the national pride, the fact that it comes around only once every four years, every handful of years for these big-time tournaments, it feels like the perfect cauldron and the perfect pot that makes such an unbelievable experience because you saw people had packed it in. It looks like a great time. We've got a women's team here that looked a little bit wobbly at first, looked like they had 14 newcomers and were trying to find their footing, but ultimately got it done. Dad, I think it's the most fun that we have in bars watching sports. I I think you're right. We were talking about that the other day, and I was trying to think of if if I could – Obviously, you have your regional in in NFL teams and college teams, but I get what you're saying. This is national. This is this is everybody coming together to support the men's team, or in this case, the women's team, who's the best in the world right now. And I think you're right. I can't think of another communal sport where everybody's going to sit around. And again, this was Vietnam. We were supposed to smoke them, right? And we end up winning three 0 on that one. And 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 we basically did coming out a little slow. You see. Trinity Rodman, Dennis Rodman's daughter, get hurt real early in that one. You wonder, oh, no, you know, is this going to be bad? But she ends up continuing to play. I I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, I think it brings people together. The men's team, it seems more of hope of can they eventually get further than, you know, the, the Sweet 16, for lack of a better term. And the women, it's like, can you win your third in a row? Now, looking forward to 26, everybody says that's when the men is probably going to have their best shot, so we'll see. But right now, everybody rallies around the women. They win that game. They play again Wednesday against the Netherlands, who won one nothing against Portugal in their first game. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I can disagree with that. I think it brings everybody together to drape that flag around their shoulders and root for our men's or women's team, in this case, again, the women. Yeah, and uh, Sophia Smith, the star of the first uh, game yeah. here, not surprising given what we've seen her do in the NWSL, what she did at Stanford before that. And so uh, now we get to train our eyes on the Netherlands for Wednesday. And like you said, one common enemy makes all of this a lot easier. It's the most wonderful time of the year. March Madness, getting ready to go in college basketball. And we got some of the best stars in the sport finally trying to close the deal. Zach Eady at Purdue trying to see if he can cap off an historic career with the championship, much like his counterpart on the women's side and Caitlin Clark, who's been one of the biggest names in sports this entire year and is looking to see if she can snag that elusive championship that's eluded her during her career. Regardless of who makes it to that final game of the tourney, though, one thing's for certain. It's going to take the most talented people like the two I just mentioned working together to help these teams play at a high level. If you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. How do you find them? ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter uses matching technology to score excellent candidates for your job. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And once you review your list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply, so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So, Dad, part of us being off all last week was we were sort of on the sidelines watching the entire running back discourse happen all over the timeline, all around the NFL. 
as we have seen the franchise tag wars go on with the likes of Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders, Saquon Barkley, probably the most notable name through this round of negotiation, the running back for the Giants, who at this point was not able to come to a long-term agreement with the New York Giants, is at this point going to have to face the idea of either playing on the franchise tag this year, potentially doing the Le'Veon Bell-style holdout, and this has all ended up with now what we had going down over this weekend where a group of running backs who were all very vocal online talking about how dismayed they were seeing the way the running back market is gone. I've seen stats from this recent week that in the last decade, as we've seen the average salaries across positions rise, running backs is the one position that hasn't seen any upward traction there. And now it's gotten all of these guys together. There was a Zoom call hosted by Austin Eckler the other night involving a bunch of running backs around the NFL to try and figure out if there is something, anything they can do to help their situation and help their station in the current NFL as they are watching all of this money flood into the league and very little of it making it down their way. Dad, I just, for framework of this conversation, want to remind people why this comes to a head so much in this particular sport. Because we were just sitting here talking before we got started with this segment, and we saw the news from Adam Schefter that Lions uh, safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson suffered a non-contact injury during Monday's practice, had to be carted off the field, and usually non-contact knee injury is not the kind of thing that you come back with during the season. We hope somehow there's better news for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. We really do. But we had that. We had Naheem Hines apparently injured, according to Tom Pelissaro, in an accident on a jet ski over the weekend and now looking like he's going to miss the season with a knee injury dad that one aside and mostly on CJ but the reminder this is one of the most violent sports that we have in North America this is a sport where every year guys train all offseason and then we see moments like this where because of the nature of the game injuries happen and you're robbed of a season before it even gets started and so every time we see any player hold out let alone players like running back that take all the pounding that they do as a part of offenses even if it's less efficient in our eyes and in the eyes of analytical people than ever before that's why they're doing this because at any given moment playing this sport it can be done. Your season can be done. It can derail a career, and all you have are the guaranteed dollars written on the page and guaranteed to you by a team. So I do want to remind people, this is the stark reality of why we've seen these guys driven to the point where they're doing the one thing nobody wants to do, which is hop on Zoom anymore. So, you know, the the, the running back position has gone, you know, has been in flux, right? And we'll talk about the Zoom call, and we'll talk about the possibilities that they have, what can they actually do, which in all honesty is is nothing right now. But it's still worth talking about things that they could try and do. But remember what was happening before that, <laughs> this offseason, at the most important position in the game, right? It was Liz Lamar Jackson going to get a fully guaranteed contract. You know, we, we go through NFL free agency and, and we see what quarterbacks get or Aaron Donalds of the world or the great tackles and we go, wow, these guys are getting paid. And then we see what the NBA players sign for, baseball players sign for, and even the NFL players go, oh my God, <laughs> okay, that that's some real money. So the big thing before the running backs was 
which quarterback is going to make the stand? Is it going to be Lamar Jackson to get fully guaranteed deals after the the Deshaun Watson deal t- uh, ticked off every other owner in the league because the Browns went fully guaranteed on $230 million? And we found out it's not going to happen. We found out Lamar Jackson is not getting a fully guaranteed g- deal. The quarterbacks coming up in Burrow and Herbert and those guys, they're not going to get fully guaranteed deals. It's not going to happen, at least not in the near future. So, you know, period, end of sentence, end of paragraph. Here's the new paragraph on the other side. Now we've been talking about the highest paid players in the game. They can't get, and listen, let me preface it by saying nobody is crying for anybody outside of the world of sports if you're just watching. These running backs are guaranteed $10 million to play football for this year. In the market, it's unbelievably low. As far as the the country is concerned of people watching, people don't want to hear it, okay? So when we're talking about quarterbacks not getting fully guaranteed deals, it's not going to happen. They're still making huge bank. And now you're completely on the other side. You're talking about the one position that is actually going down in value over the years, and everybody's going, especially the running backs, what the hell is happening and what could we do? Well, I mean, there's a lot of tentacles to it. Ultimately, even after this phone call, Nick Chubb, the running back for the Browns, said we can't do a whole lot, and they can't, they, especially if it involves CBA negotiations with the league because the CBA runs another seven years. So they're going to have to try and find in-house ways through agents or whatever to and, and hold-ins instead of hold-outs. There's all, all kind of things people are talking about. The bottom line is the market for the running back position right now is bad. I don't see how it's going to get fixed. I don't see uh, Saquon Barkley sitting out for the year. I don't see Josh Jacobs sitting out for the year and passing the $10 million. Now, will they be hold-ins and, again, showing up, and then all of a sudden when it's around game time, they got a hamstring and can't play where they're not missing any of their $10 million, but they're not on the field? We've heard a lot of different ideas, Mike, out there. And, and, and while I'll continue to say I want to see every player get paid I just don't see any of those ideas coming to fruition now for running backs. So I think the important part about running backs talking about this as loudly as they have now is, Dad, you know this, like it's the squeaky wheel gets the grease idea that, yeah, something might not happen right now, but going forward, if you're trying to, because you know, let's talk about some of the iterations of things people have talked about, right? The big problem here is that this isn't the running back market that's gone sideways, really. It's that the game through a series of decisions and rule changes and things that have gone on in CBAs has now arrived at a place where the running back position is Uh, devalued has kind of like a nasty connotation at this point but the game has shifted away from running back as its focus for years that was the lionized position in football right you grew up wanting to be a running back or a middle linebacker more often than not but we've seen going back to 2011 as they have taken hits off the quarterback as they have improved protection for wide receivers as we've seen the high school game, move up through the college level, move up to the pro level, and offenses have spread out as we've seen mobile quarterbacks enter the fray and no longer be a four-letter word amongst the NFL contingencies. All of these things, 
and an analytical revolution on and on down the list have led us to a game that is more wide open that is even more predicated on the quarterback than ever you throw in that 2011 CBA where you got the rookie wage scale put in and now you get a chance to control these guys these running backs during the prime of their career because of how we've seen their bodies absorb blows over the years so I say all that to illustrate that it's a really complicated ecosystem that's brought us here to this point and it's why there's no one easy solution that you can find right now because dad as you often point out the number one thing people say is well the big problem is you can have these guys under control for five years on a first round rookie contract multiple years after that franchise tagging guys for anyone that wants to try and change that and says the NFLPA needs to do something about this that comes at the expense of other players Like, if you're going to do that eventually, you're going to have to always rob Peter to pay Paul at some point along this process, and that's the difficult calculus for any players association is your job is to represent the whole body of players, not just one particular group. And in football, again, I will always say the NFLPA has a tougher job than the Major League Baseball Players Association, than the NBA Players Association, because you've got the largest, most disparate group of talent under your guard that also happens to play the most violent sport that we have, where year to year injury can ruin so much. So, Dad, for anyone that wants to go that route here, there really is very little, I think, that the NFLPA can do, even if we're talking about seven years from now when you're back at the table negotiating, because everything costs something. And are you really going to go and ask for huge changes at this one particular position group if it means having to give something else up in the negotiation table against the owners? People have to understand, you know, and and, and you can have whatever opinion on it you want. Every other position group or players in the league feels bad for the running backs, okay? They want them to get paid. But if you bring up an idea that says, hey, we figured out a way for the running backs to get more, but you're going to have to get less. You know what meme comes to mind? Mike, you put it out there. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, when talked about equal pay with men and women actors, someone said, well, would you take a pay cut? And he was like, oh, Oh, no, I'm not taking a pay cut. Other players at other positions aren't going to feel bad enough where they say, you know what, I'll take less so you can get more. It won't happen. 1987, we struck in the NFL. I'm walking the picket line making $90,000 a year. And who broke the line? The millionaire top players. They, They were not going to sacrifice any of their money to help the smaller player get more money. And these were the top players. They crossed the picket line. It's not going to happen as much as you think it should, as much as you think that's the right thing to do. It won't happen. When somebody's dealing with their money, you let them deal with their money how they want. If Saquon Barkley wants to hold out, the giant players will understand it. They're not going to be mad at him. But if Saquon starts saying, or the running back position starts saying, and they haven't, mind you, they haven't, hey, maybe if you guys give up a little more, a little of your money, we can make more, then all of a sudden you're going to have a problem. You don't mess with people's money. And when people are making the money, they don't want to make less money so someone else can make more money. Doesn't happen that way. Not going to happen that way. So anybody that thinks that's one of the solutions, you can forget it. It's not going to happen. I don't know how this market correction happens is it cyclical 
are the defenses getting smaller because we're pl- playing more against the pass, less linebackers, more DBs, smaller D linemen, especially edge rushers, to where now we'll cyclical back to a running game. Well, if you're going to be smaller and play wider, we'll run it at you. Is that going to bring the running back position back? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the answer or not, but right now they're the ones getting nailed by the system. And other players will only care so much. It is the hardest union to get the players together, to all be on the same page. It is very difficult. And it's just like from the owner side. The owners, when in these negotiations, they hear blah, 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 until there is something mentioned that says, this will put more money in your pocket, and then they perk up. Same with the players. They're going to hear blah, 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 until something positively affects their paycheck where they say, okay, cool, or could negatively affect their paycheck that helps another player, and they say, whoa, 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 hope dude gets all he wants, but you know what? Don't take it out of my paycheck. Not going to happen. So if there is a solution where there is all of a sudden money that owners aren't losing, other players aren't losing, and running backs are getting more money, that's going to be the solution. But right now, that's kind of in fairy tale land. That's not happening. Well, not so that's why I want to bring up talking about solutions of this. By the way, Mike Florio, if I ever see you print break up the offensive line salary uh, franchise tag again <laughs> as a potential solution to this, I problem, promise it's on site. That is foul. We don't need to do that, all right? You know, that was wrong. I didn't mean to accidentally threaten you right there, but at the same time, don't do that stuff anymore. The rich owners might hear that and get wise the next time we crack open the CBA. But, Dad, as far as um, as far as the actual solutions to this, you mentioned it having to come from a pool that won't hurt the owners or any other players here. Dominique Foxworth, which great podcast over at the Dominique Foxworth yep. Show, guy who's also former head of the NFL PA for a while, worked in the NBA PA, so he does this. Very smart. Proposed the idea of using the player performance pool, and as he pointed out, there's a lot of people that don't know about this, that for players that outperform their draft station or their current contract, there's a a pool of extra money, over $300 million worth of it, that gets uh, dealed out at the end of the year to certain guys. I had buddies of mine that were undrafted free agents that ended up starting an entire season and are getting $300,000 plus checks from the player performance pool at the end of the year, so it's there to kind of balance the scales when someone balls out way past what they were expected to do and Dominique thought that that pool because it doesn't count against the salary cap because there's so much of it because some of it does end up going to second contract guys and veteran guys in smaller amounts but still enough that maybe if you add it up over time can work to help this small group of players because we are really talking about a small group of veteran NFL backs that are getting to their prime guys that are performing at a high level and saying dad is a solution Maybe you pay those guys if they hit certain benchmarks, whether it's, you know, carries, yards, whatever it is that you build in here and pay them from that pool. Is that something that because it doesn't count against the cap, because it's not taking extra money away from the owners and because it doesn't require going into the CBA that you think could be somewhat feasible? Who are you taking money away from as far as the player? But the player performance, I think, pools about $336 million. So there's only a, a, a certain amount of the pie. So if you're going to give more to the running backs, who are you taking away from? Um, in this case, I think it would be taking away from 
more veteran level players, second contract guys, guys higher up in the food chain that may not miss, you know, five figure checks relative to the rest of their salary. Again, to your point, someone's always going to have to lose a little bit, but this is one area where the give is so much less of an ask relative to everyone else as you tinker with this formula. So I say no to to the veterans, even the veterans making money, because you know what they've done? They've proved themselves in the league. You want to take, you want to all of a sudden, because you know who doesn't have a say in a lot of this? Incoming rookies. Like when they went to a rookie wage scale that they agreed to in the CBA, you know who didn't have a say in it? The rookies that were coming into the league. I think Sam Bradford was the last quarterback in the non-rookie yeah. wage scale when he was guaranteed about $50 million. If you're going to make new rules... If it's going to affect anybody, to me, have it affect the rookie who has not gone on the field and proved themselves just yet. Where second contract guys, even though they're making a lot of money, they still have been able to stay in the league but for a while. I don't care if the check I, is I get smaller. It, but, but this isn't about, but Dad, this isn't about proving. This is about performance, right? This wouldn't be right. money that these guys are earning coming into this. This would be money they've earned performing, performing on the NFL field. So I see no issue Understood. with doling that money out there. It's not about promising before they've delivered. They're oh, delivering, I, and this is about I, making that more worthwhile. You want to, again, you want to dole more money out, fine, but who are you taking it from? I am not taking money from veteran players. I am not. I would not agree to that if I were a veteran player. I would not give up that extra money that I'm making if I'm a veteran player. It's if you like want to ten thousand dollars to a guy that's making forty-five million dollars guaranteed when you're just retooling a formula and it's money that you barely know comes in anyway. I'm just saying at some point here, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Maybe the running back situation registers enough with the PA because they're being loud and being interested that something like that's more possible than anything else we've discussed. You want to show me? I, I'm going to need to see numbers then. I'm going to need to see the well, $45 yeah, I mean, million. Dollar. You're going to have to figure it out. Yes. I, I need to see that. Is the $45 million guy only making $10,000? Then is $10,000 really going to make a difference? I guess if you multiply it over a number of players. So I, I like the idea. And again, Dominique is an incredibly smart person, and he's been involved in this. Because you don't have to do CBA negotiations and because it's not new money coming from somewhere, but you're still redistributing money. So I would have to see some numbers, but at least it's something that could happen and be in control and doesn't have to go through NFL. I don't believe NFL and union for it. Yeah. Really. One of the, one of the big questions to me, Mike is we all say what Saquon's doing is man, don't fall into the Le'Veon bell trap. We got to remember something. When Le'Veon Bell sat the year for Pittsburgh and he signed with the Jets the next year, he signed a four-year, $52 million deal with $35 million guaranteed that included an $8 million signing bonus. If that deal, and I don't know the deal presented to Saquon, if that deal was presented to Saquon Barkley, do we think he would have taken it? It would average thir a little over $13 million a year, yes. which again is the lowest I get it, but $35 million guaranteed, 26 or 27 in the contract, and $8 million up front. So the contract Le'Veon actually signed was pretty good. He just got hurt. So that would be interesting if Saquon chose to go that route. 
that's always the story and unfortunately that's what it's been is the contracts have been there but Todd Gurley Zeke Elliott you mentioned Le'Veon the injuries shown up running backs as much as anything need to see the ball go through the basket on a couple of these bright young stars staying healthy balling out and getting to that deal The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. That means as we lurch towards March Madness, you can try and figure out who's going to win this whole thing. On the men's side, teams like UConn, Houston, and Purdue. On the women's side, South Carolina, Stanford, the Lady Irish in Notre Dame, or maybe Caitlin Clark's Iowa Hawkeyes finally get over the hump. Make the decision for yourself and head over and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO when you do. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Dad, let's get to this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to finish off the day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Let us know more of what you want to hear, especially as we're getting closer to football season. And uh, that sound you hear in the distance is uh, the sound of folks in the D.C. Uh, area celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl, Dad. The Washington Commanders' ownership change has now officially gone through over the weekend. The new ownership group led by Josh Harris that includes Irvin Magic Johnson, had their press conference over the weekend, talked about changing the culture around there, and also mentioned the potential for the name change, Dad. I really hope they think about bringing back the Washington football team, which is a name that I think history will be tremendously kind to. First, I think it is great to have Magic Johnson part. We know he's been part of the Dodgers, the Lakers, obviously. What a great face, right, to have. You know, he's he's got such a great personality. Very, I mean, uh, that, that great smile of his. You saw him out after this, pictures everywhere. It's just a very, very cool thing to see. To go back to the day uh, back on uh, ESPN Radio when he put a pie in my face because of a bet that we had, uh, which which was which was kind of fun. But I, I and I agree. I mean, you know, let's let's uh, then the name change again. What is it going to be? And here we go again with a disgraced owner like Richardson with the Carolina, right? disgraced owner gone from their team Snyder disgraced owner gone from the team oh by the way out the door you get your six billion though with a 70 or 60 or 70 million dollar fine along with it but it is unreal while you're disgraced no doubt about it and it's certainly a a bad mark on your reputation I mean send me away with three four five six billion dollars right I mean I I don't want that I don't want what they did to be hanging over me but it's amazing our are the, the only punishment is that they don't own a football team anymore, and and there's a there's a mark left on them. Well, I, I, I get think it. With Dan, but, I but think it's with so Dan wild. Snyder, as prideful as he always was about 
that team growing up as a fan and the stratosphere he's dealing with, right? All his friends are rich like that. All of his friends that he has known around the NFL are billionaires. So I do think that part definitely hurts him more than we probably give yeah. it credit for. But to your point, he can dry his tears with lots of money right now. Yep. Yeah, he can. Yeah, large, largely imperfect system that does give way to this. And we were going over before the show, Dad, looking at some of the contracts that we have seen doled out over the years. And it is amazing how many articles you can find online talking about the worst contracts in NFL history that are Washington Commanders contracts in the Dan Snyder era, obviously head fine by the headline by the uh, the goat Albert Hainsworth. It is uh, amazing as I looked at this this list, there were at least six contracts that included the Washington Redskins. Albert Hainsworth, Deion Sanders, Donovan McNabb. Uh, there were a number and, and a couple of more I'm even missing. I was just surprised. Adam Archuleta uh, is up there uh, as well. It was amazing uh, the amount that had the Washington Redskins or Redskins, uh, then the Redskins uh, in, in that in that list. Yeah, well, uh, guys, if you want to not spend bad money and instead save and uh, use good money, that's where our friends at Knockaround come into play here. Summer in full swing here. We talked about the Women's World Cup going around. Knockaround is the pair of great shades you need this summer. They're your go-to for quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. They've got their official MLB collection. You can get your Red Sox, Yankees, Mariners, Padres, all of which I have tried out. You can get your U.S. Women's National Team soccer sunglasses, so you've got that game day fit ready to go for the best communal sports watching experience we have. Don't be the person squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand in their overpriced shades. Check out knockaround.com for great looking polarized shades that start at just $28. Uh, Dad, let's get to that. We got beef. Uh, one of the other things we missed in this last week was this clip from Draymond Green inciting a war of words online. Here was Draymond Green on Pat Beverly's podcast revisiting the Jordan Poole incident and talking about what led up to the punch heard around the world. I don't just hit people. Dialogue, of course, happens over time. And you, you usually ain't just triggered by something like that fast, you know, All right. to that degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a team. You know what I'm saying? Like, and nobody on my team triggering me, you know, in, a, in an instant. You know, we know stuff that you don't say amongst men. You know what I'm saying? We, we you know, we know, you know, things that you have to stand on. And we saw some things reported about what Jordan Poole allegedly said to Draymond Green and stuff that might have led up to it. But, Dad, this led to Jordan Poole's father, Anthony Poole, going and tweeting this. I'm going to stand on this. This is some BS. JP was his guy, and he avoided me all last year. He's a soft-ass bleep, and I'm standing on this that he didn't apologize to me or my life, my wife. So he's lame, and me and him can meet anytime he want. Uh, Draymond obviously pointed out that they were at the arena all the time, that uh, I, you could get to me and my family every game. They usually don't go over well, these words, amongst men. Dad, uh, how do you feel about fathers inserting themselves well, into their sons' or children's business? Here's the thing. Here's where I'll go with this one. You know what will never happen? Poole's dad, Anthony Poole, and Draymond will never square off. This will be a warm words on Twitter, on podcasts, whatever. Each one will try and sound tough, and each one will rip the other, but nothing will ever happen. Now, get a mom involved, 
and you got something going on. Listen, when you and your brother Jake were at Notre Dame playing football and your mother got on those, would read those message boards and start chiming in, that's when things start to get scary. When moms start chiming in, things get real. All guys do is talk tough. It's easy to talk tough on a microphone. It's easy to Twitter fingers, talk tough. No, You know what? Anthony Poole and Draymond Green are never going to be face-to-face in a concourse and settle things, you know, with a fight. It's not going to happen. But get a mom involved, and let me tell you what, stuff, not fights, but man, it's going to hit just a little bit harder when moms are involved. I will give Draymond Green one bit of credit. He showed that clearly he is uh, willing to actually engage in some blows. We did see that. Now oh, everybody said, their team Mike, come season. on. Mike, everybody says that. Everybody says, you won't say that in front of me oh, no, or but I'm, I'm around the but I'm saying, all the time. I'm, but I'm saying Draymond actually showed in a situation where they were talking smack that he would throw a punch at someone. He shouldn't have thrown the punch. The punch ruined the Golden State Warriors season, but he did throw the punch, so he is capable. He has at least recent history to back that up. I'm with you on moms doing that, and I'm also with you on the fact that we need to constantly remind people, if you think Twitter is a weird cesspool that's been hard to exist in, Early 2000s college football message boards would all like a word. Anybody who survived that era (laughs) might be still waiting in those waters now. They know true darkness. They were born in it, molded by it. You merely adopted the darkness. Uh, Dad... Let's get to the third. This one I know piqued your interest as my sister, yeah. former collegiate swimmer at the world. You spent a lot of time in, but a name everybody knows. Francis Leon Marchand broke Michael Phelps' last individual world record in the 400 IM. Dad, arguably the greatest Olympian of all time, if not at least one of the greatest Olympians of all time, no longer holds a single world record. How surprised are you that it took this short it- amount of time for this to happen? And, and now this last record fell. Again, this record was 15 years old. But still, the, the, the career Michael Phelps had, the greatest, I think 23 or 24 gold medals at the Olympics, is he's going to go out as the greatest swimmer of all time. And, and, but this is how it goes, man. The, the next swimmer or the next swimmer or the next swimmer gets faster. And he now has no – he still has two relay records, but that's obviously with three other guys. And no – individual records and Mike I'll say this maybe even more surprising who's been the dominant swimmer the last few years Katie Ledecky especially in the 400 free now they're at the world championships right now she lost in the 400 free the lady who won it broke a record that wasn't Ledecky's anymore Ledecky's record that got broken a few months ago and it's already been broken twice and she has now 32 or 33 Olympic and World Championship medals. It's unreal. These two were dominant, and now their records are falling. It just goes to show these athletes keep getting better and better. These athletes keep getting better, and hopefully so does this podcast. If you like it, download, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go, go. Boom. Money in the bank. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.